Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 guys, and we're busy. How was your weekend? Oh, weekend was good. Actually, I finally, after like five years of um, saying I wanted to go see Book of Mormon, I finally went to go see Book of Mormon. Okay. That show. Have you ever seen it before? No, I'm not really. It's a Broadway show? Yeah. Yeah. Anything not Disney, it's not really my style. (laughs) No, this is like, okay, first of all, it's a musical. It's hilarious. It was created and written by the, the creators of South Park. So, oh. so it's raunchy, like raunchy oh. AF. <laughs> like, do not bring your parents. We were sitting. Wait, I got really good seats. And first of all, it's taken me so long because five years ago, Book of Mormon was the Hamilton of Broadway, okay. where you could not get tickets. And I, five years ago, was earning like way less than I am now. So I could never afford to like get tickets. They were $400. Um, but I feel like I have to say thank you to Hamilton because now that Hamilton's out, and Book of Mormon is not that popular anymore. Tickets are actually not bad. Okay. And we were able to go. Um, but yeah, it's hilarious. And we were sitting next to the whole premise of it is a, the, about Mormon missionaries who uh, are sent to Uganda and have the task of saving or baptizing this Ugandan village. And just hilarity ensues. And like, it is not if you you know, if anything Larry Wilmore said in his White House Correspondence Dinner speech offended you, then you don't want to see Book of Mormon. But <laughs> it was it was like just like just fun. And we were sitting next to these two old dude, this, this older couple right next to us. And it was really cute seeing them like, are we allowed to laugh at that? <laughs> it's like, yes, you can. We're joke, here now. joke about the devil and sodomy. Like, <laughs> yeah. OK. Awesome fun. And, you know, it's a nice way to spend a Sunday. It was nasty yesterday. Yeah, it was, which is so random because Saturday was so nice. Yeah, I frolicked. I was a little bit I, – I had a girls' night Friday, and I had, you know, a couple margaritas, and I ha- I don't really drink that much, and so mm-hmm. I was not feeling 100% on Saturday, but I forced myself to leave the house. It yeah, was, Saturday it was really was nice. nice. I spent, like, most of my day outside. I was doing some taping of testimonials for the Budget Nista, so we were in the Bronx. We taped in New Brunswick. We taped in West Orange. We taped in Newark. We're just like all over New York, New Jersey. And it actually was fun because it's so crazy to see people living at different walks of life, like in their actual environment. It's just interesting to come into their space and to kind of just feel their energy in their space. It was really nice, actually. So that was cool. When are you going to get the Budget Nista mobile? 
I know, right? I like don't know. The giant like magnet, <laughs> the big giant placard. <laughs> yeah, right. Then I'll never get any peace. I already go to the supermarket, like in my town, in my city, because everybody knows what I do in my city. And I can't even squeeze the tomatoes without someone being like, quick question, right, Bajanista? Quick credit. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, I don't mind. I kind of like that. Because it's like, you know, normally this is someone who might not otherwise care about their credit. And now here they are asking me about it in ShopRite. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> You should host your own little like show at uh, Shoprite. I know <laughs> at the Tomatoes <laughs> Conversations in the Produce Aisle. <laughs> so some more good news: Missy Copeland and this Barbie. How do you feel about it? Oh, I love it. I saw Me that. Too. I just saw it on GMA. I posted it. Um, I think it's awesome. I kind of want to go back and redo my childhood now. <laughs> I know, right? Like I could get. It. You know what I love about the Barbie is that it's like clearly more muscular and like built like her you know calves though those calves yes i heard i read that she was really involved i'm sure she was like doing modeling for them like no this is what my calf looks like Mm -hmm. you know uh, and even on gma it was cute because um robin from gma who was interviewing her was selling like the people like you know misty was actually making sure that the barbie was in like the right position before like i guess they before they cut to commercial to show the barbie (laughs) and i thought that was so cute she was like no this is not how a ballerina stands it has to look like right (laughs) she would know Exactly. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, there was all, I always could get the one brown Barbie because they had a brown Barbie and a black Barbie when I was little. I don't know how long they've been around, but I always went for like, you know, the, the racially ambiguous one like I was. Mm-hmm. But she didn't like have a kick-ass career. She wasn't an athlete or a director. <laughs> she was like a mermaid. <laughs> racially ambiguous mermaid Barbie. <laughs> that's, that's a mouthful. <laughs> oh, man. So one other headline I wanted to talk about um, this which, you know, I, I, one of my really close coworkers had a baby about a year ago now. And I always I, I wanted to get her opinion on this. And she mm-hmm. like so many other moms were super pissed off. There's this woman who wrote a novel called Me Maternity, which is okay. like maternity leave, but for single women with or not single women, but women without children. And mm-hmm. this writer, she well, she has the novel coming out, which is a fictionalized story, but it was based on her own experience working in New York in her early 30s and she was jealous of the moms and dads in the what? office who got to call out when they had to go pick up their son at 6 p.m., you know, or leave the office because a kid was sick. She said, you know, it wasn't as it wasn't as um, kosher if I were to say, oh, my best friend just got, you know, ghosted by her okay Cupid date and she needs a margarita. And what, girl? she felt like she felt like people without kids deserve some me-ternity. Which uh. rightfully just like blew up. I mean, the New York Post did a whole interview with her. I do not know why this woman put herself on the topic. I know. Like, why would you do that? To just like, like some can't... people do anything for fame, honestly, because she had to know that that's the stupidest thing you've ever heard. Like, maternity leave is not a vacation. Like, I babysit my nephew on <laughs> <Oops>. Tuesday. <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. I'm a, I, babys- I was so agreed. I, ch- I so agreed. I was choking. <laughs> So I babysit my nephew on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings from like 7 to like 10.30. And it is like, I'm exhausted afterwards. Like literally, I spend the hour after he leaves and I take a nap. Because my <laughs> my sister was on maternity leave for a while and decided she had to go back to work, you know, to help support the family that she had a baby. It was hard for her to leave. But uh, her mother-in-law babysits him mostly when they're gone. But her mother-in-law can't on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. And she asked if I would. And I was like, sure, easy peasy. 
what? From the moment I walk in, Roman, that's his name, is like seven months. He's like, hey, auntie. So (laughs) (laughs) what you're not going to do is any work. You're not going to go to the bathroom because as soon as you put me down, I'm going to scream bloody murder. You're not going to know why I'm crying. If I need to poop, if I need to pee, if I need to eat, if I just want to play, if I don't want to play, if I want you to leave me alone. I mean, (laughs) it is so much work. I can't even imagine 24-7 with a baby. What? I mean, yeah. And I'm single and I don't have any kids. So, yeah, having me time is not the same thing as having, having to come home and take care of a kid. It is exhausting and just the fact that i mean it's just so selfish and so like is she a millennial sorry millennials <laughs> she's 38 she's like just she's like gen x sorry she's um yeah oh, she's you can gay. claim you can have her we don't yeah, claim I her i don't want her like i want to <laughs> i want to draft her get drafted in the age draft <laughs> listen this is a part of her whole uh her whole thesis that drives me nuts she says as i watched my friends take their real maternity leaves i saw that spending three months detached from their desks made them much more sure of themselves one friend led the, made the decision to leave her corporate career to create her own business. From the outside, it looked, like, it looked like those few weeks of them shifting their focus to something other than the jobs gave them a whole new lens through which to see their lives. You mean the lens where if you don't work and feed your kids, they will die? Like, <laughs> And if you want a break, that's what vacation is for. Save your vacation t- um, time. And, you know, take three weeks off. If you don't have kids, you have maternity time, maternity time all the time. Exactly. It's called coming home, fool. (laughs) (laughs) Coming home and doing whatever the hell you want to do. I am enjoying 30, almost 30 years of maternity time myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and this is just bogus. Did you? And also what's what's funny is she was supposed to go on GMA and she bailed. Really? Yeah, she totally left them hanging. I'm like, I guess right up before the segment was supposed to air because uh-huh. she probably got in the building. And you know who GMA's audience is, right? Women who have kids. <laughs> Women who are, uh, yes, either have kids or, you know, they're they're home at 8, 8, 8 9 a.m. watching this. So they were ready with their pitchforks, I'm sure. Um, and uh, she just like went to the building and walked right out. Yeah, she was like, you know what? Actually, I'm not getting paid enough for this. But that was dumb. You had to know that that was going to happen. Because also- I just... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, in the concept, she talks about people who have three months time off. Well, that's not the norm. America is one of the only developed nations that does not guarantee paid family leave time. You might get eight weeks, 12 weeks off, but you're not going to get paid for it. If you are, you may even get paid half what you were getting paid at a normal time. Um, So it's it's just BS, and it's from someone who clearly does not understand the way that maternity leave works. I'm like, does she not know anybody with children? Like anybody ever? Like if you've just been around someone who's had a baby, you just see just how struck. I remember within the first three months, I would, would visit my sister and I'd be like, uh, are you okay? Because <laughs> she looked like hell. You're, like, a hum- you're a human boob. That's what yeah, you are. literally. She's just like, I just sit here and take my shirt. I mean, like I, I, I've never in my adult life seen my sister's boobs. But like once you get to a point, she's like, I don't even care anymore. Just stand right there. I have to get the baby. <laughs> It was no modesty. Exactly. And it's just literally, she just looked exhausted. I was like, do you want me to do your hair? She's like, hair? What's that? <laughs> and it's just so tiring. So in three months, is not really enough time to get an, a baby acclimated to the fact that they're not no longer inside the womb. They're still like, wait, so where am I again? And who are you again? Your voice sounds familiar, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> and it's just very, very, very stressful. It's just now, like when I was babysitting and I was telling her, Oh man, I'm so exhausted. She's like exhausted. She was like, he's darn near independent. He's darn near an adult now. She's like, when he was three months, two months, she's like, this is the easy part. Seven months is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and here's one thing I've learned working with a you know working like side by side to someone who just had a baby. Like you do not want to complain about how tired you are or how exhausting your weekend was. Like you you just you can't complain anymore. I look at I look at her and I'm like, yeah, I really am gonna shut up and take a seat now because uh, that's that's real struggle. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, like I said in the beginning, you know, as the kids get older, it definitely gets a little bit easier. But I just can't believe she wrote that. I mean. I think she just wanted to be polarizing on purpose and did not quite realize how polarizing she was going to be and how much she was going to be dragged. But here we are. There's one other thing I'll say on this is that, you know, she talks about the concept of how it's so easy for parents to just say, oh, I have to leave my I have to leave at six, you know, on the dot because, you know, little Joey needs soccer practice or whatever. But in my experience, the parents that I work with, they don't they feel almost less like they should be able to like less likely to say that kind of stuff because they're they fear being looked at as mm-hmm. you know um of of not valuing or prioritizing their work and they try and do it all and i think it's even easier and this is experience i've had just watching you know over several employers is that sometimes the men who have kids are more likely to be like oh sorry i'm running late or oh sorry i have to leave early mm-hmm. Then the women I work with, I can't think of a, you know, one time my coworkers like called out or said she's going to be late for, you know, her kid spit up on her or whatever. But I can think of a couple dudes who have sent that inter-office email. Yeah. Um, and there's just that extra pressure, I think, to try and, you know, act like you've come- it all. Yeah. Like, and it's just so crazy because you're right, though. Like, my best friend just had a baby. He's just turned one. And well, not just had a baby, but she... You know, she's always stressed when he, he was sick for a while because he's teething and all this. When you're teething, all these things go wrong. There's like stomach issues, there's fever. And so he's been sick and she does have a, a daycare center where she drops him off. But they were like, you can't bring a sick baby to daycare. You just can't. So she was just so stressed. Like, what are we going to do? Like, I have to go to work. I have, to, you know, I don't want to be the person who's like not at work for a week because my baby's teething. What do we do? What do we do? And I'm just watching like, wow, that's really hard. My my nephew was in the hospital because his fever had gotten really high. They didn't get home until like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. She texts her boss like, I'll be there at 10. You know, mm-hmm. just got back from the hospital. Can you imagine? Like, what? Like, no, if I just got back from the hospital, there's no way I'm going into work. But she's feeling like, oh, my gosh, I, I just got back to work. I don't want to not come in. And thankfully, she got she had a great boss. And he was like, are you crazy? Like, your baby just came home from the hospital. Like, stay home. It's okay. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. Yeah, thank... I mean, but not every boss is like that. Some bosses would be like, well, we'll see you at 10. So, yeah, this is not... Well, I'll be interested to see how this kind of, like, blows out. I hope her book bombs. I know. Well, it'll probably do well just because, you know, people want to read it just so they can drag her. It's about a woman who fakes a pregnancy so she can take maternity leave. That's what it's about. So, I already hate her. (laughs) So, this is a little random, but I thought you might be interested. Your hometown of ATL has the first annual Mac and Cheese Festival. Have you heard of this? What? I know. know. (laughs) October 8th. Get on it. It's like supposed to be the biggest mac and cheese festival in the nation. It came across my feed because one of my friends is like such a foodie. He like travels the country looking for food. And so, yeah, I was like, ooh, a mac and cheese festival. They actually have a website. 
ATLMacandCheeseFestival.com. And I was like, oh ooh, I love mac and cheese. You know, I'm lactose intolerant. I got really crampy just thinking about that idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's so crazy because so many people of color are lactose intolerant. And I'm like, really? In Atlanta? You want to do this? Are you sure? Oh, that's going to be the stinkiest <laughs> festival. You better take your lactate. <laughs> oh, you have to take lactate as soon as you, it's like as you enter, you pay your ticket and you get a lactate pill. There better be a fart zone. <laughs> like a tent where you can just go and just like pass gas <laughs> and peace. Um, I can't. I, yeah, I I never grew up drinking milk. I always hated it from like a young young age. I remember being in um in daycare, like a like kinder care or whatever, when I was three or four, and I was forced to drink milk, and I refused. And I instead of drinking milk, they put me in timeout, or they would force me to eat this like tomato soup with like bits of onion in it or something. And it was so bad that um, I, I I never drank milk all through my childhood. I always ate cereal cold, like without anything in it. Um, and now whenever I – like I could eat cheese and stuff, but recently whenever I put a piece of cheese anywhere near my vicinity, I just get sick immediately. Mm. I don't know what it is. I think my dad's the same way. Yeah, cheese. I mean, I can have some cheeses. Like, you know, I can have um, mozzarella. American cheese is a big no-no. Um, yellow American cheese, it's a big, huge no-no. I just drink, like, almond milk. I mean, my mm-hmm. um, what's it called? Superman still drinks whole milk. I'm like, what are you, like, five years old? Who still drinks whole milk? Okay. <laughs> like, he's like drink- a stomachache. I know. Oof, just even thinking about it. I'm like, whole milk is, like, literally, like, cream. I'm like, oh, it's so thick. <laughs> discovering unsweetened almond breeze that was like my life-changing yes moment. me too cereal with milk yes Fake and milk. i like the v- vanilla one right you get the vanilla one i get the vanilla unsweetened that sweetened stuff's nasty i didn't mind the sweetened stuff but i was like it's too much sugar Tiffany. it's way like, too much you- sugar yeah so i have unsweetened too and then if i need like if i'm having cereal that i feel like needs a little something i'll put honey like a little squeeze of honey and i will just last thing like in the like in February, I did this. I gave up. I was doing like elimination diet where you're trying to see what foods upset you. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, I found out mine was dairy. But mm-hmm. like when I cut out completely all the dairy, and not just like I would have a little bit of coffee sometimes, or a little bit of milk in my coffee sometimes if there's no almond milk, or I'd have a little bit. Of, I'd always have cheese, you know, my burger and pizza and stuff. I cut out completely all that dairy, yogurt, nothing, and my skin has never looked as good. Really? In my life. Yeah. I always heard that, but I thought that was another like BS beauty trend. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it works for everybody, but I'm so happy. Yeah. I don't like break out. And not just that I don't break out, but my even the people here who do makeup for us, they've been commenting. And you know they you Yeah, know, they know. So they tell the truth. No. Oh, I got to try that because lately, I don't know. I've been breaking out like I, I've never been someone to break out a lot, but I've been I've broken out in the last week like crazy. Not just my face, but like my chest, my back a little bit. I'm like, what is going on? Hmm, I don't know. Luck. I know. I'm thinking like, did I change something? Did I, am I eating something new? I feel like I'm having an allergic reaction. I mean, it doesn't look like it's crazy because when I take pictures, like you can't really see it because they're not like discolored. But I'm like, what are all these little bumps and lumps, you know? Now that I'm bra- I feel like a teenager, so maybe I'll try that. Maybe because I know Dairy and I are really not friends, but sometimes you know we try to be acquaintances. So maybe it's time to move on. Well, I have a bachelor's of arts in journalism, so definitely take my advice on healthcare <laughs> <laughs> and dermatology. <laughs> so sidebar, like right before we get into like some brown breaking and brown. Uh, a boosting. So Malia's going to Harvard. Woot woot. I was just going to say that. I know. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. What I think is really cool is she's taking a gap year. Oh, really? Oh, she's going to take a year off. Yeah, a year off, which I didn't do until after I graduated college. 
Um, okay. I took a gap year after my senior year of college, which was the best thing ever. Not a full year, but it was like nine months. Um, okay. I love that idea. Um, I'm actually writing something up on it for, for Yahoo today about like, yeah, what is a gap year? How do you do it the right way? And I, it's sort of a new concept in America, but people in Europe and Australia have been doing it forever. No, I think that's great. Just sometimes you just need to like center yourself. I think that's a good idea because I'm sure it's because, you know, the whole world would of your father being president. It's like, yeah, it'd be nice to take a break from all that. Well, she's already been interning on like she's taken her summer internships at like HBO on the girl show. Mm. And there's one other show she worked on. I think it could be cool. I mean, with you could because I didn't realize you can for up to a year, you can defer your freshman year of college. So you get the idea is you get admitted, mm-hmm. you accept and then you write a letter or some schools are organized and they actually have a specific form and you defer for a year and you say, okay, I'll, you know, enter next fall. And like you can do, there's like whole organizations. There's a, there's a group called the American Gap Association, which has, mm. they actually review and accredit different gap year programs. There's uh, internship programs. There's volunteering ones where you go to different countries or there's a lot of like in a, like American based domestic ones. You can do AmeriCorps. There's um, another one called, oh crap, I'm forgetting the name of it, but American Gap Association is like a really good resource for that. Um, but it's not like a, like time for you to like hang out on the couch and catch up on your real housewives. <laughs> yeah. I can't see Malia doing all that. <laughs> Do you think Michelle would allow that? I know. Michelle's <laughs> like, what? That's all we've been through. Great. Better get up. <laughs> Let's move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Well, congrats, Malia. Yeah. And then congrats to one last one. Congrats to, to the, uh, national the detroit girls chess team they won like a national championship i thought that was dope oh that could have been a win but okay oh that's right one of these was supposed to be my win darn it wasted your win (laughs) what am i gonna do now okay (laughs) that was supposed to be my win i was wondering i'm like why is it separate oh yeah that's why All right, so it is time for a brown break or a brown boost. So are you breaking or boosting? I'm going to do a boost boost today because I'm super proud of my online shopping skills. And I don't think I've ever – I mean, you probably have heard of these, but I don't think I've ever shared my favorite three tools I use when I save money online. And I was just stocking up on some really cute summer dresses, and I was super proud of myself. I I found like a 20% off coupon. Um, but, but I didn't have to even do anything because I have, I have my web browser set up with these things called, um, uh, uh, extensions mm-hmm. and Me you too. install them and they just like pop up and they tell you exactly what deals you have going on. So there's two main ones that I use, um, that I love. One of course is Ebates, yep, which pops too. up immediately and it says activate, you know, and it, and it always tells you there's no, you used to have to like go to ebates.com and type in the place to see if there is a cashback thing. But if you install the extension, just Google like Ebates browser extension for whatever browser you have. Um, then it just pops up whenever you go to a website where there's cashback. And you hit the button and you're activated. And the second one I use is called Price Blink. And Price Blink is like a little yellow bar that pops up and it tells you what coupons are available. But okay. like not just what coupons are available. What I like is I don't really buy gadgets a lot. But when I do, if you have the Price Blink um, uh, uh, attachment or extension installed – It'll tell you, oh, you want this um, HGTV? Well, I found it for this much less at BestBuy.com, Amazon.com, HHGreg, like all the different websites. So this saved me like 50 bucks when I was trying to get Ooh. my it, – it totally works. Like when my my sister and I were buying my mom a 
one of those ninja blender thingies for Christmas. Okay. And I was on like, I don't know, target.com somewhere because I had a coupon and it alerted me that the same exact blender was on sale for like $50 less at some random website I'd never really heard of. Like, uh, it was like, what's the one where you, I'm forgetting now, but it ended up being, it was like a home goods website that I hadn't heard of before. And I never would have known if not for price blink. So oh, price blink. I'm going to get that one. Cause I use honey that you put me on to honey. And yeah. of, of course, Ebates, uh, but price blink, that's a new one. Ooh, nice one. Honey is a little one. I like honey and I use that too, especially if I'm on a site like Sephora where there's tons and tons of coupons because mm-hmm. honey will, when you're ready to check out honey, you can click the honey button and it will pull up all the promo co- codes it has for that website and it'll just try them for you. But what I found with Honey is sometimes if there's multiple promo codes and one of them works, it'll keep trying them and then that one will disappear and then another one will get added and it's kind of mm. not, not as like – I think Price Blank is a little bit easier. Okay. I'm going to try Price Blank for sure. Like literally I'm going to hang up and be like – because I have Ebates on mine and I do have Honey. Of course, I like Retail Me Not, but you can never save enough. Never. Yeah, and there's no, I mean, sometimes I'll double check Retail Me Not, but really with Price Blank and Ebates, and Ebates now too is adding, they, I think to compete, they started doing coupons too. If you click on the little Ebates button, once you have the extension installed, you'll have a little button that has an E. And when you click on that, it'll also give you the deals um, in store. Like I'm on Lulu's, one of my favorite websites, lulu's.com right now, and it's like 2.5% cash back. And then I click down on Ebates and it's like free shipping, over $50, 30% off on this type of outfit, on these shoes, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So pro tips. <laughs> so I'm going to take a brown break again this week. And I'm taking a brown break from my locks. I'm so tired of them. So, Wait, I mean, they're really. How do you take a break from those? I don't know. I'm just taking a break from thinking about it because I'm not really a girly girl. So I don't really know how to style them. And they're so long now, Mandy. They're like mid back. Wait till you see me. They're mid back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to do with them. I feel like, you know, there's like long hair and then there's like freakishly long hair. I'm borderline freakishly long hair. <laughs> We're like, oh, what religious sect are you from, long hair? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, you- I, they've gotten so long and I don't know what to do with them. So any of you are listening and you are like really stylish with your locks or have a great YouTube channel or something like that, definitely tweet me, um, or tweet us at the BA podcast or tweet me at the budget Nista because I'm tired of these locks. I just always put them in like a messy bun or like that's about it. Um, I would suggest Pinterest. Pinterest. I've been pinning I like all my natural hairstyles. I've been like going to Pinterest and just looking just- for a new, but do you, and also do you follow the Cipriana twins? Oh yes, but no, but I don't. Their locks are not like I don't. I, don't I know they're. Them. I know they're much different. But I was just saying, yeah. locks are beautiful. No, no. I mean, I think so. Honestly, I think, and honestly, mine are really. They're beautiful. They're well kept. It's just that I'm so. I don't know how to style them. So I always feel like it's such all this wasted beauty because they're really long. They're um, clean. They're slim. They're all the same size. And, you know, everywhere, every time I go somewhere, someone will say, oh, your locks are so nice. But I'm like, I wish I see these women and their hair is so beautifully styled. And here I am with the ponytail, like I'm five. <laughs> so I'm like, I need help. It's like, you know, I finally have big girl underwear. I need big girl hair. <laughs> YouTube and Pinterest. Yeah, I just, yeah, Pinterest is hard because I need someone step by step to show me like where to twist and turn. Um, and I just, there's to me, there's a thin line in overly styled locks. I don't like. For myself, anyway, like overly styled where it's like a twist and a curl and a turn and a twist and a turn. I like 
um, more classically styled. So yeah. So if anybody has any suggestions, because until then, I'm taking a break from these things. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of looking like my same old self. How to take a break from something attached to your head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a break from trying to style them at least. Would you ever cut them? I would. And actually, I was considering getting them layered, like maybe taking a few inches off the bottom and then like layering the front. So that way when I do wear them out, they look styled. That's like, I'm like the queen of how do I look like I did them, but didn't do them. (laughs) And so I was thinking that, and I think that I might do that this week, actually, like a friend of mine um, cuts locks and she said she'd do that for me, but I'm nervous because I'm like, what if it looks crazy? New hair, new you. I know. Just ask her for (laughs) referrals. No, well, I've seen her, like, you know, like her, her, what she's done before. But I'm like, what if I just don't like it on me? But I'm like, it's hair. It'll grow back. It will grow back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had a question this week, don't we? Yes, we have a question. And if you guys want to send a question, you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, here's a question this week from Anonymous. So here's a little background. And this one's an interesting question. I wish I had this problem. She says, I'm 23 years old, living in New York City with a full-time job. I graduated in 2015 with no debts or loans due to a full-ride scholarship I received. During my time in undergrad, my mother passed away. And because of that, I received a significant inheritance. It's divided among savings and investment accounts and some real estate. So here's her question. I'm planning to get my MBA part-time in 2017. Should I use money from my inheritance to pay for school in full, or should I consider other methods, such as my own income, which wouldn't be much, loans, credit cards, etc., to pay for school? Should I not pay such a large chunk of money outright? She also adds this, MBA scholarships are hard to come by, especially for part-time students. Mm. Well, I'm very sorry about your mom passing away. Yes, I am as well. But how nice that she was able to give you something for your, you know, your future. No, that is, that's like, it's a beautiful gift that she gave you. So that's awesome. And then the fact that you don't have any debt moving forward is doubly awesome. Huh. Well, my initial knee-jerk reaction is to say not to use credit cards to put yourself through school. I feel like that'd be a step back, you know? Totally. Um, and I mean, I, I, I can understand her hesitancy in like using a lump sum of money for school, but it's, to me, it's better than putting yourself back in debt. I feel like she needs to sit down and just like, are you going to sell real estate to go to school? You know, like some of the, like, is that what's going to happen? Or I just don't know like what specifically some of her, her money is tied up in and just being mindful of making sure the place that you're going to get the money from is probably the best place to take it from. Meaning like if you have like rental property and it's giving you a ton of money a month, or maybe there's ways to uh, shift and adjust where some of your investments are so that way the investment yields more income and you can use that income like dividends, you know, from stocks and stuff to pay for, pay for your um, MBA. Just being creative, like a, maybe a mix between what you make at work and then, you know, some of the stuff that your mom left you, but not all of it, but definitely not, not new debt if you can avoid it. Yeah. And I definitely, I mean, I am a fan of, okay, so you have this inheritance and it's obviously education is an amazing way to use it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that you're even considering that is just, it it shows you have pretty good judgment already. And the fact that your mom went out of her way to make sure you had this and a mix of savings and investment accounts and real estate, like she set you up for success. But I would say first thing is you want to set aside money. So you have 
an emergency fund, just basic. So don't blow through your entire cash savings on education and then have nothing left when, you know, something could go wrong and you might need some money. So I would set aside like the standard three, six months amount of income you need um, on the side. And I don't see a problem. I, personally, I don't, I don't think there's any problem with taking that money and using it for school. Um, I think it's, especially if you're going to pay, use them, like spend the money anyway, um, all you're going to do, and especially with MBAs, like that's usually, that means private loans and private loans mean high interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, cause usually you max out your federal and your federal student loan allowance pretty quickly, um, with your MBA. But I say, keep your job, use the inheritance to, to pay for your MBA. I mean, it's great if it can pay for all of it, but she doesn't really give that much detail. It may seem like it, it's crazy to put that much money down right up front, but people do it. <laughs> I mean, and you and you'd be doing it anyway if you take out loans. You're still putting down a huge lump sum of cash. Exactly. So you're gonna pay for one way or the other. Yeah. So I and you have the investment accounts. Don't touch those. And you have the real estate. And real estate's a great long term investment, or it can be. But that's the kind of thing you you know you want to hold on to. Especially if it's, if, it's, if it's New York real estate, hang on to that. <laughs> exactly. Agreed. <laughs> Especially right now. But it sounds like you got a good head on your shoulders. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's good. I wish, I mean, I feel like my father has, I mean, he's still alive, thankfully. Um, and I feel like that he has made financial choices that will make sure that my mom's okay. And we're, we're all grown now, but that he has set up his finances in a way that will be, you know, that there'll be something left over to put toward generational wealth, just because that's just the kind of person he is. And that's like some of the stuff that he's shown us. I'm like, wow, you you do have money. He's like, yes. What do you think I've been doing all this time? (laughs) (laughs) That is my dream, man. When I was talking about, I was talking to my coworker earlier about how much he spends on his kids, just childcare. I mean, he showed me a bill. I don't want to put his business out there, but it was several thousand dollars for his yeah. like toddler's childcare. And he and then he was like, "Oh yeah," and he has another kid who's in um, kindergarten, and even that doesn't really help, you know, because they're not. It's not that they're paying for all day daycare now, but then I have to pay for after school daycare because school lets out at three and they work till like five or six. Um, and then summertime is coming up and he was telling me how much summer school costs or not, um, um, summer camp costs. And I was thinking like, and we were going back and forth, like, yeah, I mean, when we were kids, our parents didn't have the money or didn't even know about those kinds of opportunities, but I would be so happy to be able to give my kids those kind of like opportunities. Like it sounds like the worst thousands of dollars for childcare, thousands of dollars for college tuition. But like, I feel like that's my goal is to be sure that you know, like your dad, I do all the work, all the hard work now and this mm-hmm. and the and the make the tough decisions, you know, to save money now so that we can can do things like that for our kids later on. The kids I don't even know yet. <laughs> but you know And if they're brats, I'll just take it all for myself. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> see you were gonna have a great life, but you decided no. <laughs> no, but I think that yeah. So I mean, I think that's our advice for you. It's to you know, do a mix of maybe some of the things that you're working with. Like Mandy said, put aside money for emergency fund. Um, I wouldn't sell real estate, but there's nothing wrong with using some of the money that your mom gave you and left you for education. It's just because education, if done right, um, will help put more money in your pocket. So mm-hmm. it's a win-win. Maybe use a teeny tiny amount to have some fun. Yes, I believe in that. Maybe like 5%. I believe, I believe, do something I believe. your mom maybe take a gap year between or take a trip between you know your your uh 
you're or you graduated in 2015 take a little time and have some you time yeah yeah that's always a good idea and I don't like I I took a while between did you when I got my master's I took I don't even know I think it was like four or five years because I wanted to make sure this is what I wanted to do I feel like your undergrad degree is a degree that you're just like um I guess and your master's degree is like okay you know what I'm pretty sure this is how I want to spend like my career Oh yeah, because you have to be so focused. I don't mm. know. I'm. I'm. I would love to go back because I'd love to teach one day. Oh really? Um, yeah, I always think about that. But I have to have a master's. Like most cases, you have to have a master's. Yeah. Unless you're like I don't know, Christiane Amanpour. But of course, I'm sure she has like ten degrees. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I would go back for that, but not until I'm sure. Because it's exactly. Ex- it's it's a, exactly. It's expensive to be unsure with your master's. And it hasn't hurt me yet. So anyway. All right. Well, that wraps up the tips for today. Um, again, if you want to email us, or email us brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. <laughs> Where's that from? That's like Travelocity, isn't Expedia, it? Like the, Expedia. Expedia. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> Expedia. Right. We're going to get sued for like copyright. I know. Travelocity is like, really? All this money we spent and you can't even get it right? <laughs> Uh, so it's time for wins. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Do you have any wins this week? Got money on my mind. Um, wins this week. Uh, well, yes, I have a win. I want. Well, it's it's a win. I I wanted to talk about this during Buzzworthy, but I decided to make it a win because it's like a win and a let's have an educated conversation about this. So. Larry Wilmore hosted the White House Correspondents Dinner on, what was it, Saturday night? Mm-hmm. And first of all, President Obama, I guess the win of this is that President Obama's speech was like the best 20 minutes ever. Did you get a <laughs> chance to watch it? No, but I will. <laughs> spoiler, at the end, spoiler alert, he just like takes the mic and drops it. Yes, I heard that. Drops mic. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bad assery from start to finish. So Larry Wilmore came on after. I didn't watch the whole thing as it happened. I watched like Sunday morning because um, you can go to c span.org or whatever the website is and watch it yourself. But I thought Larry Wilmore was like really funny. And, you know, we haven't had a black host of the White House Correspondence Center in like I don't know how long. Um, but one of the things he said at the end was kind of controversial was he used – well, there, I only heard one thing. He made a joke about the word jigaboo. Mm. Jigaboo, which was like a very old timey derogatory um term for a black person. And at, yes. the, and at the very end of his speech, he was saying, I forget what the it was like the punchline to some joke, but he's like, Yo, Barry, you did it my N word. Yeah. <laughs> and Obama didn't seem too like phased by it, but of course the media's all over it. And yeah. thought pieces and tweets and like people are it's always like this, you know. And I'm just wondering, is that a win or is that a miss? Like, I personally, I don't know. To me, it's like a per- like maybe they know each other like that, or uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about it. You know, it's so crazy because it to me, it's 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 like a typical like you know whatever Superman and his boys. You know, they do like yeah, my nick. You know, and so mm-hmm. it's not a. But I guess because of like where it was, like I'm sure President Obama probably didn't feel any kind of way because with his, you know, black friends, the college, growing up, whatever, it's not a big deal to say that to each other. Like, but like, it, you just, it's rare in like such open company that you use words like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's definitely stuff that I say with my girlfriends that I would not ever say, you know, in like public, public. We might just say it like, you know, with each other. 
Um, so that's probably why he wasn't phased because it wasn't like he's not going to take offense. President Obama's like, you know, whatever, what's up? But like, yikes, the whole world is watching. So they're like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> so 95% I don't percent white audience. I know. So they were like, oh my God. But I mean, it honestly, been the BET awards. Yeah, I just exactly. If it had been the BT Awards, nobody would have batted an eye. So I can see both sides for sure. Um, and I don't know that it's a win or a loss. I'm kind of like neutral on it. I'm kind of like, well, you know, it's just normal, you know, black guy camaraderie conversation. But at the same time, I don't know that the world is ready to see all that. It's like it just made me think about code switching and how we kind of turn it on and off. Yes, I never grew up saying that word. I was ne- I'm never comfortable saying it. So I don't have a code to switch. I just don't turn that code on. I just don't say it. But I have friends, obviously friends who do family, my dad, like, and it's just it's natural for me to hear that kind of thing. But yeah, it's sort of, for me, it, it's a win in that Larry was like, I'm not going to turn the turn the switch. Like for this yeah. moment, like in this yeah. moment, you are my brother. I'm your like we and what you signify is so huge for not just black men, but all of black you know, America. And can we just take a second and acknowledge how fucking cool this is? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, you know what? It's so, I think like, I, li- I like that the way you, you phrase that you're right. It was like, we, we all code switch. It's like, honestly, it's not a word that I use typically. I don't think too many, like, I mean, none of my girlfriends, it's not like a, Hey girl. Like that's not a normal greeting. Like it's mostly usually like a normal greeting among men of color, not necessarily women of color. So that's not something I normally, I, I wouldn't say, unless I was just trying to be really funny with a girlfriend of mine, you know, or even if I'm talking to a guy friend, maybe to be funny with him. But, um, but yeah, it was, that is definitely like kind of like a win in that, like, you know what, normally I would code switch, but today I will not. And you will deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's losing any sleep over it, honestly. At all. I think both of them, President Obama's like, honestly, yeah. So elections are happening in November. I don't it's- care. It's been like a rever, you know, the Rev Al Sharpton is speaking out about it. And I'm just like, yeah, I doubt Larry is is worried <laughs> exactly. at all. So I'm going to make it a win. A win for you, Larry. A win for Obama. It was his last White House correspondence dinner. He gave a hilarious speech. So I go check it out. Like president, whoever wins the next election, election is not going to have a swag, like swag like Obama. He just, they just won't. Like Hillary, whoever, it just, it's never going to be the same. Like I, I I'm going to miss him. I miss him already. I know. That's so crazy. Oh. Eight years. He was the first president I ever voted for. Really? Oh, is that really? Yeah. Wow. You're, I'm trying to think, who was the first president I ever voted for? I think Clinton. I think Clinton. Um, let's see. My win. So my win was supposed to be the Detroit Girls, and I totally forgot to put W by it. Um. Well, you didn't like go into detail if you want to talk about it exactly what happened. Well, I didn't exactly have exact detail. I was just like, oh. oh. <laughs> I just thought it was so great because, you know, so many things. Detroit just holds like a little dear place in my heart for me because it's like Newark, you know, where I live. And everyone always has something to say about Detroit. Everyone always has something negative to say about Newark or Oakland or, you know, places like that that people have written off as like lost cities or like cities that can never come back. And so when something like this happens and chess is not traditionally seen as something that people of African-American descent excel at. And so to see these group of brown, beautiful girls win, um, you know, the national championship for, for chess nationally. And so that just really warmed my heart to say, you know, like Detroit, it's not just the water issue. Detroit is not just 
a broken city. You know, Detroit has things, you know, I always think whenever people talk about cities like that, I'm like, someone's living there. You know, it's not like it's like a, it's like, you know, like battle, battle worn. And it's like, everything is like broken down buildings and it's all empty. No, people live there. Don't just write off places that people live, you know? And so it was just nice to see something other than what we normally see about a city like Detroit. And I just want to say congratulations, ladies. And they were like teens. They were babies, 13, 14 years old. Yeah. So cute. I was like, oh, look at them. And they're all like, we won. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was great. And I'm just like, yes, I want to see more. I wish there was more balanced news about places like Detroit and, you know, Newark or Oakland and places like that, because there are good things that are happening here. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, if you only focus on the negative, then sometimes to me, you just bring more negativity about because what you think about, you bring about, I really believe. And so, yeah. I'd love that. So that was just really nice to see something good like that. Two of the girls were twins and their names were Jaden and Jada. That's just mean. (laughs) Just going to confuse everybody. (laughs) First of all, their, their social security stuff, all that stuff is going to be so jacked up when they get older. Cause you know how like it's, it's already what? Cause um, my boyfriend, his name is, it's a, it's a J and his, uh, his twin, he has a twin. His name starts with a T, but it's like the same like ending, you know? And so what happens with them all the time is like if they they always are mixing records, you know, like his stuff will be on his brothers. And so you just got to be careful with with names like that. But, yeah, that is a little bit like, come on now, Jaden, Jada, JJ, you. Hey, you. (laughs) I feel all this affirmation right now because I was in the um, academic team when I was in school, which is like the nerdy club where you just answer like trivia questions about everything. Mm -hmm. Um, This makes me feel better about that. See, you're not a nerd. Oh, well, you I are. Got, but- I got teased. Oh, I did. Not, it wasn't just about my hair. People also found time to tease me for my nerdy club affiliations. <laughs> well, I was always. Well, see, people were very careful about teasing me because although I was a super geek, my best friend, oddly enough, was not. She was like super cute, super cool. Everybody loved Veronica, and also Veronica was a really good fighter, which came in handy for a super geek like me. <laughs> So one thing you didn't do was mess with Tiffany. Not because I was, I mean, there was plenty of fodder. So definitely people tried to sneak it in. But then I'd be like, let me go get Veronica. (laughs) And quickly, I literally, this is so funny. But, oh, Veronica, if you're listening, I love you. Because you were like the best in high school. She kept me like just out of the trash cans and out of my locker. Like like your bodyguard? Well, meanwhile, Veronica is like 5'5", five, five, and I'm like 5'8". <laughs> Not even 5'5", five, five, probably like 5'4". She's so little and petite, but that girl can fight. I've actually had guys who would tease me come up to me later and say, hey, Tiffany, I just want to apologize to you about what I said yesterday. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, did Veronica talk to you? They were like, uh, so I just want to apologize to you. <laughs> That's a good friend. Veronica told them. But yeah, shout out to her. And shout out to all the girls out there and guys out there who protect their friends, even if their friends are not on the same level of school as them. Because Veronica made sure I had a very smooth high school experience. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's still the same way now. Like if I call her now, who did it? Do I need to come down there? Let me get my Vaseline. I'm like, Veronica, we're, we're 36 now. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but yeah. So that's probably a win too. Just Veronica having friends who will have your back. I mean, she rarely had to fight. People were just naturally afraid. I don't know why. I think she just had a persona that seemed like this is to the death. <laughs> and like she girl just power. I know. <laughs> just having girlfriends to back you up. I'm sure these exactly. I'm sure these chess girls roll deep. 
Exactly. Like, what? <laughs> Next move, man. <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. All right. Well, that about wraps things up for Brown Ambition this week. Yes. If you want to contact us, we are on Facebook at Brown Ambition. We're on Twitter at The BA Podcast. And you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions, please. And if you haven't yet, all thousands of our listeners, we know you're out there. We see you. We get our numbers. Leave yeah. us a review, please. Yes, please do. We love you guys. And did we tell people we're on Google Play now? I don't know. I don't think you did. You can find us on Google Play in the Google Play Store. So all you Android users, huzzah. Uh, yeah, just look up Brown Ambition in the Google Play Store and we are there. You can tune in on there, but also everywhere else. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, your desktops, brownambitionpodcast.com. That's about it. Yep. Flavor in your ear. <laughs>